All right, what's good? Laugh now, laugh now, die later. <laughs> Way over the hundredth episode at this point. By the time you're listening, thank you everybody for tuning in. For context, I'm about to hit the hundredth episode at the, at the time of recording, and I'm I'm stoked. I'm like I'm just like I like. At first, I was like, it's, it's a big deal, but I'm like, it's a big deal, but like, in, just to me, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, I guess. But it's queer. That's crazy. I'm like, hundred episodes. That's nuts. That's and I have like, and realistically. I have more than 100 episodes because there's like some episodes I never release. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, that's crazy. I'm like, like I've only done like five online. So like at least, at least minimum of 95 episodes out there that are all I've in go- person. I've gone to someone's house oh, know, or met great. someone, which is like, which I look back, I'm like, that's like, that's crazy. It's a lot of work. It is a lot. Of work. <laughs> like I think Nate Zabal asked me, he's like, why are you still like? Because I interviewed him one of the. He was like my fifth guest. Yeah. And then he asked me, he's like, why are you still on the phone? I'm like. I want like, and I think I go back to like what Alexander Spitz said. I'm like, he's like, what's the least amount of fans I could have and make this work? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, and I was like, and like, I mean, I've always felt that way, but I didn't realize it until he said it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, enough about. No, no, no. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's I think that's cool. Like, I I, I don't like doing a uh, Zoom interviews at all. You know. You did one right with the. Uh, is it turn up? Is it a hundred? Is it? So you did a thing, right? We did. Uh, yeah, I believe. Well, I don't. Po- I yeah. think we did that. Yeah, but that's that's like that's Zed. This is homie talking. Yeah, I mean that that was. But it's funny because that that one that we did, we actually did it one time. We we did the entire episode like three hours or something, and then threw it out because it, it was bad. Really? Yeah. What was it bad? Because there was a we tried to do it with three people instead of two, and the, the, it was just. The chemistry was weird because you know when three people are all on Zoom, you're kind of like everyone's waiting for someone else to say something or oh, like yeah. whatever. And it, you know if, if you're trying to joke around and be, I mean it's ironic because it's like the the thing was three friends who are in a group chat and talk all day and stuff like that. So, so you would think that the chemistry would be really good, but yeah. like when you put it on a Zoom, it like it got hard. It was horrible. It wasn't good at all. So we just decided to do it again with the with the two of us. But I, I tried to get Zed to to do it in person because like like I hang out with him all the time we're going to go to the movies tonight oh, but he refused to do it like he didn't want to do it he in was, person? he didn't want to do it in person yeah has he done any in person? <sighs> yeah a few that I like I don't listen to podcasts funny enough but yeah. like, like, <laughs> like he's one of the few that I'm like oh this is like it's like he, I don't know if it's a, like maybe because you guys are friends but like he's also pretty sarcastic he's very yeah I mean he's he's always doing a bit no matter what, yeah, like in like, public or or you know, with friends or without friends, you know. It's the just, first episode I listened, the first episode of the Ross, I was confused. I was like, "What's going on?" And I was like, <laughs> "Like, I don't like." Did I'm you not- listen to one with Ross? Yeah, the first one, the very first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they have they have like their own relationship. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I didn't know that until like I was like, oh, until like forty minutes in, I was like, oh, okay, never mind. I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I I don't like like Damien from Fucked Up has asked me to do his podcast like ever since he started it. Yeah. And I'm like, I I refuse to do it over over the oh, okay, over the yeah, phone. Yeah. Like I just want to do it in person because I just feel like it's he's really good. I mean, yeah, he, he's, he's good. Like for like, because I feel like people don't realize that doing. I feel like, in my opinion, mm-hmm. doing it in person is way easier because you just go based off. Like when I've done interviews online, when I and I go back to with like done release episodes, most of them are online because mm-hmm. it's so like I, well, at least for me, the way I'm used to it, it's like it's so bad when I do it online because it's so like like the per, like it's just bad. It's it's not ideal, you know. Yeah. You want you want someone to. It, it, I understand, like especially with Damien, you know. 
he has the ability to get so so many people that he wouldn't be able to see mm. otherwise. So like I, I understand the utility of it, and also like if you're a journalist, like you do almost everything on the phone, you know. So yeah, it's yeah. like I, I get it, but like for something like this, I just I don't know. I, I prefer to like be in the same room with someone if I can. It's are you a, like, are you a shy person? Yes. Are you very very uh, what's it reclusive? Reclusive. Um, sort of. I I think it's like I'm kind of both. <laughs> you know, like like. I think that there's a, a definite contradiction there, which is like that I, I am like kind of shy and don't be, I don't like being looked at or, and you know, I, I love the obfuscation of like being in a band. Like I would never want to play solo or something, oh. you know, for, cause I don't like being the focal point. Or never point. fronted a band. Yeah. I've never fronted a band. And you um, would never front a band. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I would. How old are you, my man? I'm 42, 41. 42, 41, so you're born in... Uh, 81. So you're kind of old school. Yeah. Yeah, like you have a little bit, you're a little, like, uh, you have a little bit of the old school mentality, if that makes sense. I, I would say I have a lot of the old school mentality. Really? Well, in certain ways, yeah. Not not in every way. Not not in the way that... No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I don't have... A, I would like to think that I have a lot of the positive ones and not, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, not, yeah. And not the negative ones. I was talking to my mom the other day. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, actually yesterday. And yeah. She's born... I think she's the same age as you. Oh, cool. Yeah. So when she was like, one thing we were like, like I'm like I was because she has a lot of old school like the bad mentality, and then she was like, and I was like, I was explaining to her, I was like, like do you ever realize like if I have kids, mm-hmm. like a lot of those mentalities are gonna be gone. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean? Like if I were to have kids, like 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 are you like do you ever think about it? Or are you afraid that those things are gonna like, like things are gonna change? You know, with every generation, of course, things yeah. are gonna change. And she's like, but but like blah blah blah. I'm like, well, you're born in the. 80s like you're not old but you like you like think like you're like I don't know I feel like the 80s are were like such a time where like 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 they're like like I was like this is right now Tom but like like the guy from Depeche Mode yeah he's like he was like freaking the 80s Mm -hmm. you know like the way they dressed the music it was so like exotic yeah and that guy died of like just old age Mm -hmm. like like that life or what's it called the lifespan or Mm -hmm. the like before it was drugs suicide depression like all killing like what do you consider a freak Mm -hmm. but now I'm like damn like like the freak has had its own what's it called life cycle mm-hmm, totally which is crazy this is the first time you know I mean? we're just getting to that point yeah I mean it, yeah it's wild I, it was very even like I got I feel like I got like sort of the last echoes of that you yeah. know like um, as a young person um, but now obviously like the, well like, even hardcore like, you come from an era where it's like it was crazy you know what I mean where, yeah. like, like Sign of Fury now is like outdoors two mm-hmm. stages like you know what I mean? Like you come from an era where, like, I'm assuming, or just like from what I've gathered, that doesn't that doesn't happen. No, I mean, like the idea of like the the modern idea of like what a even like a punk or hardcore festival was like didn't exist when I first started going to shows. Like I started going to shows when I was a like a teenager. I was I was into music like from basically birth. Um, but uh, yeah, like in terms of like punk and hardcore stuff, like what what. People like the way people engage with it now is like is really different, um, uh, but it's you know it's it's cool. Obviously, that's like one of the ways I feel like I'm not like well, in the negative old school way. Like I, 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 there are a lot of things about now that are like way better than they were um, back then, and also like just in terms of like stuff like violence at shows or like the you know the the makeup of like a crowd at a show. Is, you know, usually I go in order mm-hmm. these interviews, but I really want to ask now that you're saying this. Oh sure, yeah. yeah. Ceremony was a very. Um, you've been in ceremony since the get go, right? But no, I joined in 2010, 2011. 
Okay. Like right, right after Runner Park came out. It was still early ish. Mm-hmm. Still, I mean, that's a, it, that's. I feel like, in my opinion, and I quote someone, I'm not saying, but 2013 yeah. was the last. Like, after 2013, things kind of starting to drift into what we are now. Okay. Why, why do you think that year? I, I, I didn't say that. So, oh, uh, someone else. A uh, uh, homie, like an okay. uh, older homie who's yeah, a yeah. big band. I don't, don't want to say just because I sure. yeah. people are going to quote him, but he's like, oh, like after 2013, like the like pure violence era of like, or just like, I guess, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say anything because I'm not from that mm-hmm. area, you know, but just like the crazier side of mm-hmm. it, like kind of, that's when things started drifting to what we are now. Would you, would you agree or would you say a little bit later, a little bit earlier? Well, I don't know. I think, it's hard to say because things, it's so, especially now it's so big and people's experiences are so subjective. Yeah. So I don't really know. I mean, I know that, um, like I'm from Philadelphia and that's where I um, started, you know, doing everything and um, going to shows in the 90s and then into the early 2000s. Like it was, you know, like violence at a show um, was like, and you know, it was very like white, macho violence you know wasn't you know um uh was just like sort of inextricable inextricable part of like going to show you just had to deal with it um i think that it kind of changed in my probably earlier than 2013 i would say yeah for me anyway but i I also don't know i mean you know it just depends i think on what kinds of gigs you're going to and well you're older than the person i I asked yeah you probably been around longer so you probably even saw like Pre, like you know, what he saw, like you know, you know, so like totally, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, because you, you know, the way you're talking about like life cycles and lifespans, like, like (laughs) I I was talking to someone recently about like how punk years are kind of like dog years, (laughs) where like you know, if you're you know, if you've been going to shows for like 10 years, that's like 70 years (laughs) or something like that. Um, so you know, if you were going to shows in the 80s like you what you think of as like a crazy show or like a violent show is like so different than what i thought it was in like 1996 or yeah. whatever you know um so because like in philly we had like like there were like skinheads and there were like but it was like it wasn't at every show and it was like it was weird if they were there and if something like that happened um really to me in my head of philly like like sounds scary like, it, like if you're telling me I went to shows in Philly in the '90s, like that sounds scary. It it was, but like I don't know. It just it was also just so exciting. Like you just it didn't matter, you know. Like it, I mean, then, probably because like, you're going at at the time. And I was like, 15. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know, you know. Yeah. And it it was like it was in a lot of ways it was really terrifying, but like it was also so exhilarating that you know it just it was like to me it was no question like like I have to be at the. I have to go to the show. You know let, what I mean? Let me give you a proper intro and then we'll go back. Sure, just sure, like, sure. Just because yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah. have so much that. Yeah. All right. My guest today is Andy Nelson. You prefer Andy or Andrew? Andy's good. Andy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andy Nelson. Open City. Painted Black. Later on, Blacklisted, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, briefly. That, that's yeah. crazy. That's like, and a band you may or may not heard of or may not be you know, like, <laughs> Ceremony. <laughs> you got it. You're, you're like the... Um, I'm trying to think of someone, but like you're like you got hired to like because now that I'm mm-hmm. uh, you're you got you got into you you joined Ceremony 2010. Mm-hmm. You joined Blacklist. I'm like dang, you joined like the two of the coolest bands of that era. Like <laughs> I was like that's crazy. Like it's like I, I know most people are thinking like oh he just joined it later. I'm like dude that's crazy that, that they were thinking of you to be like yo we gotta get Andy on. The <laughs> like that sounds crazy. Like, well <laughs> yeah. 
hopefully they, uh, yeah, some people might regret what, it. What's some, some of your regret. earlier bands? I haven't really done that many bands, to be honest. Um, I played in a band in high school that was sort of like a, with my two friends, Josh and Jeff, uh, that was just like a, kind of like a goofy power violence band called mm. Affirmative Action Jackson, um, which I wouldn't recommend anyone like checking it. Like the recordings aren't good, but you know. It's like, YouTube. Is it? I don't know. I'm asking. Like, I don't think so. I don't think. So. I don't think. And I don't think anyone cares about it at all. So like, I, that's why I said. I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find. I'm sure. I'm sure if you're good at the internet, you can find it. But it's. It was like not anything that I'm. I'm not like embarrassed by it. But I also don't like rep it because it was very much like what you do in high school. Like yeah. you know, go to your friend's parents' basement on the weekend and like bang out some stupid songs. And but we actually we managed to we played a lot. Like we we made it pretty far out of town and played some pretty crazy shows and stuff like, like we played with Celtic Frost once, like we played with like, we played a lot of, we played with like Converge and American Nightmare and Melt Banana and uh, I don't even know who, we Damn, played okay, with, so you guys were, we yeah, played yeah. with like T Tear It Up and I, I don't even remember who else, but like, yeah, but it was more by nature of us, us just like being around, you know, like, okay. but I'm trying to think of who, but yeah, we, we played a lot, but we, um, we never really did much. Like, there's not a record or anything. There's just like oh, some, okay. there's just some tapes and stuff like that. I like how you add the Jackson at the at the end. I was like affirmative action, but then like affirmative action Jackson. <laughs> well, there's like yeah, action Jackson. I guess is like a an action movie in the or it's like an action figure. Or I don't know. I didn't come up with the name, but like it was it was a when we were. 15 it was seemed clever affirmative uh, action sounds like beatdown but then uh, yeah jackson <laughs> sounds power violence <laughs> yeah well the name is incredibly like uh, everything about it is incredibly like you know of the time which is like 1997 but um but yeah th enough about, about that that's not that important but uh but yeah i the re first real band i ever did was was painted black and um and which I started with Dan Yeeman uh, in like 2001 or two or something like that. Which, also, it's been around for a long time. Yeah, yeah, we're about to hit our like 20th anniversary or something. But yeah, Yeeman from from he was in Lifetime and Kid Dynamite too, um, and he had seen Affirmative Action Jackson play and thought we were great. So I we I heard that he had wanted to start like a fast. The word was going around town that he wanted to do a thrash band, and at the time I was like, that sounds great, but. You know, I was a Lifetime fan and a Kid Dynamite fan, so I was just like, "Oh, that dude wants to do a thrash band!" Like, and I was like, I was twenty, so I like, I had a lot of like chutzpah, and I just like was like, "Hey, man!" I emailed him, I was like, "Yo, do you want to, <laughs> do you want to jam?" And he was down. So, um, yeah, twenty years later, we're still doing it. There's like a new record coming out this year and everything. So, um, but yeah, I never really like. It's funny because you, you know, like. So many people that I play music with have been in like a hundred bands, and I've really I've done like probably less than ten, I think That's overall. Still a lot. I guess so, but yeah, um, I filled in here and there like for things, but you know, I like I played in. There's a straight edge band from Philly called I Hate You. You ever hear of them? Yeah, I, I've heard the name. Yeah, they're they're great, and I like I played a show or two, and I hate you, and I played. Why are, you, why are you the fill-in guy? Or like, why are you like, we'll bring you on? Like, what's, what, like, not that you're, not, I guess not that, but like, why do people like, are like, have so much confidence to be like, we'll bring this guy in the band? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Cause I, I've, I feel like I, like I'm pretty, I must be kind of annoying <laughs> to be around. Like I, I, it's, the obvious answer is sort of like, well, I must be like, I'm around and 
I must be fun to hang out with on some level, or at least for, that's what people think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, blacklisted thing was like Pain of Black and Blacklisted played together a lot, and um, and uh, one of them was having a baby and couldn't do a tour or couldn't finish a tour actually, mm. and so I they were just like, hey, do you want to just do the second half of this tour when Bean goes home to, to have a baby? And I said, sure, sounds great. And uh, that was the have heart blacklisted ceremony uh, letdown tour mm-hmm. that, that now is like pretty famous, I guess. And, uh, Why is it famous? Just because it's like, well, I think in light of the fact that have heart played the biggest hardcore show of all time a few years ago. And, you know, I think those those three bands playing together and do like that tour was huge it was like i don't know like full us like six weeks probably and uh and just played everywhere and uh yeah i don't know i people i guess people like look back on that as like a like an important thing i guess crazy that 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 happened Yeah. yeah um but all three bands were just really tight um and so uh that also kind of like i guess I don't know, I got along really well with all the ceremony guys and Paint of Black played with ceremony a lot around the same time. So it was kind of the same thing where I guess they were, they just, you know, we, with, in the case of both, both bands, I think we like saw the world the same way and um, had a lot of the same taste in music and the same, um, like I'm good at touring, you know, like I, I'm, I'm not, like I'm good, I can drive, you know, oh, okay, I'm, yeah. I'm straight edge, you know, I, I'm sort of responsible. Um, and so... Uh, and I can play guitar and I can play bass and I can, you know, yeah. so I think maybe that has something to do with it. But, um, but yeah, the time, I mean, I think it was like, um, not to get too digressive about it, but like, you know, I was so, um, like really impressed with what Blacklisted were doing artistically at the time. Um, cause they had, you know, they had gone from, I don't know how familiar you are with like all their records, but like they, you the know, world in a, goes round. Yeah, yeah, I mean, in a in a in a short period of time, really evolved a lot, yeah. and I thought that was like so exciting. Like they're, I was just a huge fan. They're like on the spin kick realm, like like not the, not not like straight up, but like mm-hmm. I could see like you know like those dudes kind of like mosh hard, mm-hmm. but then like then they went like they're the only band that I guess the heaviest band that I know that is not punk or punk leaning that mm-hmm. just went straight up like. Nirvana, yeah, yeah. Some of the some of the stuff sounded a lot like Nirvana, who I loved. Like that was a important band for me when I was like a, a little kid. Yeah, um, and we were all the same age, so yeah, like the, all the BL guys and me had similar frames of reference and stuff. But yeah, I mean, you know, when they came out, I didn't really, and I like they. they I don't even really feel super qualified to like talk about what they were like when they started. Um, cause it was in a slightly different world than I was in at the time, but they were on like Jamie Josta's label and stuff, you know, yeah. like they were sort of like, um, they were kind of like the East coast, like heirs to the throne of terror and hate breed and stuff like that. Maybe American nightmare too, or something. But, um, with every record they got more and more unique, you know? And so I started paying attention, like just by, just on the basis of like, the records they were making and stuff. And I, I was reading the lyrics and looking at the artwork and all that stuff and just being like, wow, there's really something to this. Like, these guys are are amazing, you know? And they're in, in the same 
town I was from. Um, and so a really a good old friend of mine um, joined the band, this guy Dave, and uh, who I knew from like going to shows in the 90s. He was, he was older than them and played in this like punk band called Anal Sausage. And he played in this band called The Boils, who I really loved. And um, so it made sense to start playing shows together and stuff. And then, uh, and yeah, they made, you know, that record, uh, No One Deserves to Be Here More Than Me which just like blew me away. It's great. Um, yeah, well even like the name is like a, a Miranda July reference, who's like a, you know, an artist uh, who makes like films and writes books and stuff. And no one was, you know, no one around on the East Coast or in Philly was like doing stuff like that at the time. They were just the coolest band. And I also think that, you know, to, to a degree, like really underrated um, still in terms of their importance. Cause like, I, I don't think, like they were the first band to record with Will Yip, who went on to record like, you know, Title Fight and all those like run for cover bands and then like Ceremony made a record with them and stuff, but he like I don't think that I don't think you get like guitar music as it exists now without Blacklisted in that record. So um, You're not wrong if they're underrated because I didn't even know about them. Yeah. Like until people were like putting me on. Mm-hmm. But like even then like I don't like I don't know like you know like I don't know. People still talk about like some bands I'm like, really? Like why are you talking about really, like that band? So like mm-hmm. I took them I'm like, oh this is like no like this is just good. Yeah. But then when you like dig deeper and like and then you had like the front man like playing barefoot and then like mm-hmm. you know and other stuff like how he was like you know, like just a crazy, like cool dude. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, like, you know, you could just dig deep. And I was like, oh, like why, why isn't this like, you, you're, you're right. You know what I mean? Like it's like me who like I'm from a later mm-hmm. to only find out because I was put on. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So like. And that's okay. I mean, that's, you know, that's the way art works sometimes. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I did all the touring around that record and it's you know it's hard to understate just how fearless a move that was at the time you know like how how um, the kinds of shows that they were playing and the kinds of audience because you know they they blazed a trail you know like they were there wasn't an appetite for showing up with delay pedals and stuff at the hardcore show before them really and so so there were some pretty there were some shows that were pretty um, like there was some adversarial relationships with the audiences at a lot of those shows um but yeah anyway um i don't that's just kind of answer a question of like why why those bands and why me i'm not really sure but it it felt in both cases it felt like supernatural do you think they knew how how like like what you're telling me of how big how fan of you are of those bands let alone whether you're in the band or not do you think they knew blacklist definitely did because i i i was very um vocal about how how big a fan I was and how 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 it like um important and uh brave I thought that record was interesting so you go on that tour with Have Heart yeah so, and then that's when you meet Ceremony well we knew them before oh but like that's one of the relationships but it was really... but it was really exciting like part of the reason I think in retrospect part of the reason I was so excited to go on that tour was because I was like oh I get to hang out with Anthony and all those guys like and yeah. Ross and stuff for a month or whatever and is that when you that's is that basically the tour that made it for you during the band or you think it took or it took more um i don't i'm really bad with like timeline stuff but i it was like within the next like couple years probably i don't think yeah i can't remember when probably two years later or something like that did you just like 
Can you join the band? Like, yeah, so, someone them. someone left and they needed someone. So Nothing crazy, just like, we need someone, yeah. and that someone. Yeah, yeah. And well, I mean, they, they were gearing up to do, you know, they, they had released Runner Park, which, same thing, like it was pretty, you know, ballsy record to put out at the time. I mean, Ceremony were like a, a brave and ballsy band from the beginning, but, um, you know, they were beginning to branch out a little bit sonically and uh, weren't, had no intention of slowing down. And so, yeah, I think Anthony uh, and Ross came to me and said, you know, this is what we want to do and we want you to do it with us. That record is perfect, perfect. It's a word, perfect, a perfect climax. Like, I can't think of an, like, I don't think, this might sound like too much kiss ass, but Mm -hmm. I don't think there'll ever be another record or a band that, like whatever you want to do, like starting from a very aggressive band to like becoming a, I don't know, like I guess softer band. Mm-hmm. And what, and like there'll never be another band that that will do it like Ceremony did. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like like you said, there's Blacklist, and I'm, I'm sure like I was talking about there's other bands who like were were very like you know very like out there with the aggressive sound, and then they changed to a more lean sound or mm-hmm. very niche niche sound. But the way Ceremony did it. The way uh, Ron Hart Park came out, mm-hmm. I don't think there'll ever be a band. There'll, there'll never be a band like that could do it the way like the way they did it. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I I I don't know if that's true or not. But I I I also don't know that I would even really know where to look for it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. like I I imagine that it's possible for someone to do it. I mean, it's possible. It's yeah. just like it won't like like I, I hope there's more bands to like. That like even like in different ways like I hope there's someday a band that sounds like Locke and that ends mm-hmm. up being like a death metal band <laughs> and like, you know I mean? stuff like that where like they just skip to like a whole like it doesn't have to be all that far yeah but, yeah but I just I just don't think or I could see like another band just being like like so like doing it very perfect you know what I mean doing mm-hmm. very like like very good but well it's funny you, I mean it's funny you say Locke to a death metal band because like you know like Sam has done that obviously and a lot of people that we know have done stuff like that but they just choose to do it yeah. you know through other you know breaking up and doing a new band or whatever and the difference I think with Ceremony is that like they and we I guess you know for the majority of the time that's been a band have just gone about making music like the same way the whole the whole time through there's never any like deliberation about like okay we're gonna make a record that's like this like it it the rec- the last record we made was written in the same way that their first record was made, which is just like everyone gets in a room and works on music, and then whatever comes out is what comes out. Um, and a lot of people, you know, over the years will say stuff like they should break up and do a different band, and it's like that's just not how. I, I just don't think that's how like any of us see what a band is. You know, if that makes sense. Like I think it's just like a you know it's a it's friends making music together, and. Um, if that means that, and you know, for us, it's like an, the engine is that keeps it going is like the freedom to be creative. You know, like it's it's a, uh, it's like. I think, if we did set out to make the same record every time, we probably wouldn't have as many records as we do. You know, yeah, yeah. what's the what's the point? You know, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I'd certainly love to see more bands. Um, do sort of like what Blacklisted did and, and what Ceremony did and what, you know, other, I'm sure there's a, dozens of examples even now of bands who are like that. I think it's, it's become a lot more normal actually for, 
for bands to, you know, evolve and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, there's no reason, there's no rules. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> you know? like, like, punk's supposed to be like this open-minded, like, there's open-minded ideologies in a DB, mm-hmm. but no one actually opened, mind, opened their mind for the music part. Mm-hmm. That's when I was like, when I even hear like people talk shit on Turnstile where they're like, you know, like, yeah. oh, they're like, they sold out. They're like, like why are they dressing? I'm like, I'm like, what the, like, what's like, they're like, what's the fucking point? You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. what, like, it's like, like, like punk has to go, or hardcore punk has to go beyond the doors. You know what I mean? Like, it's never going to go anywhere if it's just like the same, like, small room with the same, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sounding bands. It's like, it's just, like, the reason bands like Temple of, Temple of Angels, Narrowhead, Model Actors could be in a hardcore realm mm-hmm. is bands like Ceremony. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're like, it's like, like, people had, to, I mean, obviously, they're, like, you guys were, I mean, you guys kind of were like the guinea pigs of like, people talking shit of like, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, they, you know, like, they should have broken up or why they sound like mm-hmm. this. But it's like, now, look at Simon Fury, they got Temple of Angels, model actress, like, bands that are like, what the fuck? Like, what do you sound like? You know what I mean? Like, that I'm, maybe I'm not the biggest fan, but mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's cool that you're going to see Painted Truth mm-hmm. and Temple of Angels in the same bill. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> like, that's crazy. That's wild. Yeah, but it's cool. Yeah, no, it's, it's cool. I mean, I, as a music fan, I'm certainly more interested in going to a show like that than one where it's like 15 bands are all sounded exactly the same. I just don't have the tolerance for that. Yeah, you know, I think I would get bored. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it's 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 a different world we're living in. I guess some some people have to eventually, you know, what's it called? The dig through the dirt to mm-hmm. get through the, you know the other side. Yeah, I mean, I I will say like. You know, one thing that helps is because you're right. Like, I mean, you know, we've we've certainly uh, withstood infinite shit talk over the years. But like, it's it's amazing um, how easy it is to just not give a fuck about anything. <laughs> yeah. like, I, none of us care at all. Like, it's just not a thing that any of us. Well, it's like you guys talk shit, but at the end of the day, you guys are hella up. You know what I mean? Like, you guys, you guys, you guys played a sold out show in LA. Like, mm-hmm. after being a band for how like. Like, long time. Like, 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 15 like years? It's a long time. Yeah, like, right. it's like, you guys are still playing a sold-out show to mm-hmm. LA while playing the fucking hits and playing the new stuff mm-hmm. and people are, you know what I mean? It's like, like, I mean, I don't know, like, like, like I mean, like, Turnstile's like, a great example. Like, mm-hmm. bro, like, you can talk shit and you're like, little show, whatever. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, Turnstile's like, playing, like, they're playing leeway style riffs to like, a, the, like, a sold-out like auditorium you know what I mean like yeah it's like, amazing it's, like, it's great you know what I mean? but, yeah. but they also did it the right way you yeah know? like they they slowly built and just were themselves for like 10 years before anyone paid attention really I mean people are paying attention of course but yeah. like the when it kind of broke in the last couple of years like that was the culmination of like a basically like a decade of them just like doing their own thing you know, which again is like that's a great lesson for people to learn. I think you know. And I think someone said it's like, well, Turnstile was the biggest hardcore band. The headline signing period is mm-hmm. like to most people like that's it. You know what I mean? Like especially sure. at the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like it's like what like what do you do? Like do you, like what do you do if you want to keep grinding mm-hmm. and like you still want to play music and you're playing good music and you already done everything in hardcore. Mm-hmm. This is you know this is kind of like the outcome. You know what I mean? It's like of like this could be possible now. Yeah, well, they they made everyone come to them. I think that's, yeah. that's sort of the difference is that it, is that they they just did something that made tons of people feel a certain way, um, and then 
they brought the world to them rather than the other way around, which yeah. is like what most people do. Oh, and so and that's, when that's the case, yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no ceiling on it. I still don't think people really know where the ceiling on that is. Um, but again, like I think it's because they, they did things. They're obviously, they're like supernaturally gifted in a million different ways, but, um, and maybe like a once in a generation kind of, kind of group, but, um, but also like, you know, I think people who only became aware in the last couple years, like didn't see them, you know, like slowly building and just, you know, having really clear ideas about what their band was and how they wanted to do things. And, and also just like treating people right. And, you know, being, you know, good people, being people. really good yeah. people and really fun. Yeah. Like everything. So, um, so yeah, that's totally true. I will say though, at the same time, like I, uh, I don't think that, like I still have a lot of love for for a band of like little kids that yeah. bangs out a demo that rips and then breaks up right away. You know, yeah, like, yeah. like I, that that needs to happen too. I yeah. just I just wouldn't I just wouldn't um, I wouldn't probably want to go see like twenty bands that sounded all the same like play together. Like yeah. I might might go see two of them or you know. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but I just you know for my whole life I've I've loved like all different kinds of music and uh, and to me that's like. That's it's exciting to like try and do new and different things, you know. I think with ceremony in particular, it's always just been like, you know, if there is a rule creatively, it was just it's always just like we can't do something we've already done. Mm. So, um, so yeah. Is there gonna be a new ceremony record eventually? What 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 would that be? (laughs) Like, because the ceremony went from being like you know the outspoken young kids. Mm -hmm. To like a punk, just a punk record, mm-hmm. to a rock and roll, almost X type beat punk mm-hmm. hardcore record, from a sad record mm-hmm. to a celebration of life record. <laughs> to I'm like, what's next? Like you, I feel like uh, like almost covered every emotion a hardcore kid would have. I don't know. Like I'm like, what is like? <laughs> uh, we'll we'll have to see. I mean, like I'm I'm exactly, like we. It's funny you ask that question. We ask the same question. <laughs> okay. Like, every time we start thinking about it um we're, we're taking this entire year off so we're not really thinking about anything we ross just had a baby and yeah, yeah. um a lot of us are busy with other things um and we last year worked so hard um that we were just like let's just take this whole year off but um yeah we always ask ourselves the same thing like what is it what's it gonna be and then it's never exactly what we think either like you know it's it's always a little a little different but yeah the only thing you really count on is i do actually think that all of our records do sound like us though yeah yeah. um so i think all i can say is that when it when new music materializes it probably won't sound like any of the old music but it will sound like us i have a feeling it's gonna be like a Cause like I said, every record has an emotion and, uh, mm-hmm. and it has this thing. But I feel like the new record is gonna be a looking out the window type record. Cause mm-hmm. like now that Ross has a kid, mm-hmm. I can only imagine it's like, oh well, you're gonna you see life, yeah, like upside down. You know what I mean? Or like or maybe in an, I don't know. Like you know what I mean? That's why I have a feeling. Like, I have I could imagine the new ceremony record just like like every like you guys were in a room this whole time. Now you guys are looking out the room. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, kind of like a futurist. No, not no, no, no. Like like. Looking at like I don't, know, I don't know, like something more like something beyond just an emotion. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. More like a thought, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think I mean I don't have kids and, and don't uh, plan to anytime soon. But um, but 
Yeah, I uh, I think it's a it's it's pretty common for <laughs> when you do for it really to change your yeah. perspective, how you look at the world, and you know, uh, you know Ross's writing is always like very much from his own perspective, and his, I'm sure his perspective has changed, you know, like so that. much in the last six six months. I I mean yeah. like. Like for like for someone who like you know just gone through a lot and, and talked about it whether it was poetry music mm-hmm. I'm like damn like like now you gotta like like now you have a kid where it's mm-hmm. like or like I think that conver- there's a converge song on not the latest record the one before that where it's like he's like when I when I saw you for the first time I knew I had to survive like, mm-hmm. that's a crazy like I cannot imagine that feeling of like I gotta be alive yeah or, like I gotta be okay because someone else depends on me yeah well I mean you know I think that's that's very true it's like I think uh, and. Painted Black has um, songs about this on the last record and also on the one coming up because um, our singer has has now two kids. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, I think one way people see punk and hardcore as is as something like incredibly nihilistic, you know. And obviously, like I understand why, <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I think when you uh, ha- having having a kid is something that that does sort of like um, come with it, or you know, accompanies with it like this obligation to like think about like you know leaving the world maybe a little bit better than you found it, um, and uh, you know, with Painted Black, like Yemen is fifty or something. He's older than I am 50. by quite a bit. Yeah, um, and one of the things that we always like kind of want to address with with our stuff is like how do you um you know like have like a a full and fulfilling life as like an older person who is still punk and still you know connected to all the same sort of like ideological stuff and you know social justice things and you know whatever like these are typically the kinds of stuff things that people put aside once they hit a certain age you know like they mm, yeah, yeah. they move to the suburbs and they have a couple of kids and they stop caring about the music or the community or any of the politics that go along with it and stuff and so I think you know a lot of the stuff that that Dan writes about now is like through the lens of you know how do you um, how do you make all that stuff work together you know um, do you, do, were you were you ever tempted by the idea of just being a like being a suburban dad no. Never tempted. Mm-hmm. Is there a reason why? Oh, is there a moment or a reason or or anything that's like that? It was clear for you that you're like I'm gonna be a musician. Because in reality, you're just like a like living the life of a rock star, like a musician. Or like you're <laughs> well, not band. really. <laughs> I mean, you know, but yeah, like, not like I guess not like that. But like you're you're like you know you're you're like you're in you're in multiple like you know even like painted black where it's like that's like uh, like like it's such a what's the word a very detailed band if mm-hmm. that makes sense like but it's like yeah obviously people know you for ceremony at this point but like like it's like painted black doesn't come like any any doesn't come up short as far as like there's still like a very like there's depth to the band mm-hmm. open city it's a very uh very like it's almost like like rock and roll you know it's not necessarily like that sound but it's almost like that rock mentality i guess if that makes, you know very like free very mm-hmm. it's like so like but that makes sense like you are in all these bands that are very, there's depth to it whether mm-hmm. it's just you and obviously the members you're in like just at some point you're not you're not like damn like I gotta like, like step away from all this and just like have a kid or, or <laughs> I don't know like it's just uh, it's not too, does it get too much at some point 
Well, the stuff that gets too much is is all boring stuff, you know. Like, I, and it's it's the stuff like it's especially when you have all the plates spinning at once, you know. I, there's a fourth band that I do that's not hasn't done anything in a while, but like I consider to be act. Like I've never been in a band that broke up. Oh, um, for example, <laughs> um, I I just think that's weird, you know, to like break up. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just again, like I I kind of approach. I mean, if it was beyond my control, that'd be one thing. Like, if was Blacklisted technically broken? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Blacklisted broke up and got back together like a hundred times, so so I guess so. But I think they're like, there's still possibility of a Blacklisted. Sure, yeah. I mean, I, I would say it's putting it out there. Hopefully, yeah, yeah maybe. So. But I know um, some of them are doing a new a new thing called Static Clone that's really good. That mm. kind of sounds like a Mebix. Um, okay. They have a couple flexies out. Yeah, they're really great. So I don't know, maybe not, but like. Um, I certainly understand the impulse to um, kind of cast off any of the baggage of like the band you know I mean the reason we started Open City was kind of for that reason but with Painted Black where like it had kind of gotten to a point not in terms of like status or anything but like we do things really deliberately and the band had been around for a really long time and so it, it seemed like whenever we did stuff it was pretty hard you know, it was like just even playing one show mm. was like tons of work to like make sure that the show was the kind of thing that we'd want to do or, you know, the, um, you know. It was a band of artists. Yeah, and like, also just like Jared had moved out here and some of us were like, at one point I was in New York and so it was this whole thing. And so Dan and I were like, what, let's just do something or we can just fucking play a basement and just on two days notice if we want to and you know not practice once a week and just be a regular band um but uh so i understand the impulse of 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 uh of doing that but i've never been in a band that that broke up before just because of how i see being in a band you know like to me like being in a band is like the people in it um and so if you're still friends with them and they're still good people the idea of, of like breaking up, and this is like not to throw shade at anyone who does a last show or anything like that, but just for me personally, I just, uh, I just, I don't see, you know, I'd rather just not do anything for four years and then just do another show and, you know, not make a big deal out of it. Um, but um, what I was about to say was that, you know, keeping all the plates spinning at once, like all the details and all, the, like right now, like Paint It Black and Open City have new records coming out at the end of the year and like just getting all the fucking artwork and the the dates for everything and getting input from this person and you know a quote from this person all this stuff like like that is infuriating and like so <laughs> it's such a time suck and it's whatever but that to me to me that's the stuff that you put up with so that you get to do the fun thing which is like making records and playing shows and doing something with your friends and to me that like I mean I guess it's not really a choice if you do that instead of being a suburban dad again no offense to suburban dads I guess <laughs> although maybe maybe offense to suburban dads actually like if they're if they're shitty <laughs> which a lot of them are um, but uh, but um, but yeah like I think um, for me it's just like I just never that's not I've never once had that instinct to to be, you know. Are you against it, or it just wasn't for you, or is there a part of you where it's like the punk kid in you is like, fuck man. I, mean, like, I don't. I mean, I, no. It's like it's not like 
I mean, I can say like fuck suburban. Well, I mean, like fuck every suburban dad out there. But is it more like the punk kid in you is like I want to be free? I think when I was a kid, I was pretty miserable when I was a kid. Why? I don't know. Like being a kid sucks. Like I teenager, think, or like a child, everything. Or like, yeah. Like I just from. Yeah, like I was like. Uh, just like your classic, like depressed, lonely, fucking kid. You were lonely yeah. as a kid. Mm-hmm. Why? Or like, or explain your childhood before, because I know you gotta, you gotta, you gotta go. I got, no, I got some. You got time? I got a little time. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think it's funny because this is. I know you. This is where, I, you, I wanted, this is where I wanted, you wanted to start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that I just, um, I didn't like, um, the limitations of being a child. I was pretty aware of them from the onset you know like that was like like i live in, in my parents house i can't do anything i want to okay. do the stuff i want like but even for like a really i hated doing things i didn't want to do but you're forced to constantly when you're a kid um and i just you know i spent a ton of time by myself i didn't have a lot of friends like i would always have like one friend you know no siblings i had a younger brother um you want to get kicked out of your younger brother we did a little bit, but I don't know. It's weird. Like, I've talked to so many people over the uh, over the years who were in similar situations, and I think when you're when you have a, a sibling that's like two years your junior or senior, you're either like best friends or you like never talk. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's what I've heard. And we were we didn't never talk, but like he wasn't. He also wasn't like you know. I wasn't like knocking on his door to be like, yo, let's go do something. But I feel like we did anyway. Are you guys like parallel now? Or like, yeah, yeah, we're really, yeah, everything. Like, I think it got better, like, the older we got, you know? But I, that's probably because of me. Like, I think I was probably more, like, I was probably way more, um, like, negative and stuff when I was a, when I was a little kid. Um, were your parents, like, religious or, like, strict or what kind of parents were? Or, like, my parents were, like, just classic, like, baby boomer, you know? They were both born in 1951, which means in 1969 they were 18 okay and so they were like lived through Beatlemania and like the british invasion and all that like 60s rock and roll stuff vietnam like you know all that all that shit like they were they lived through a crazy time yeah i mean in a certain sense yeah but i mean i think for them it wasn't really very crazy at all they were just like regular yeah. kids but just still kind of like put them in like a historical context um and they you know their their vibe very much stemmed from that so like they were pretty they were liberal and and they oh, okay. they were both like um educators who worked with like disabled people and oh, stuff okay. and and so they were cool yeah. you know like they had all the right um they're like npr listeners you know that kind you of you grew thing. up in an open-minded home let's say yeah totally yeah. yeah um so it wasn't even like weird when i got into punk and stuff like it wasn't like they didn't understand what it was. Like, I think if anything, like my, my dad, for example, um, whenever I got to control the, the stereo in the car, I'd always have like a tape or like a minor threat tape or like a Gorilla Biscuits tape or something like that. And, you know, the music on that stuff is great. So I think he, he could understand, you know. We, 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 did you have a close relationship with each of your parents or was it very like, those are my parents and I'm the son? Or like, you actually got to know them? Mm, I was pretty like, I I was pretty secretive. I think you know, uh-huh. as a as a as a kid, I, I didn't. I I wanted to have like my own. We had a really small house, and like we were all sort of like piled on top of each other and stuff. And I just really valued 
privacy and stuff, which I, I, I still do now, actually. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, you know, I think we had pretty normal, like, good... What, what do you think about you now? Like, are they, like, proud or are they, like... Yeah, I think they think it's cool. We definitely, like, we hit... I hit a point, and I've heard this, again, from a lot of people who, like, do music and stuff, where, like, for so long, their parents are like, so, like when are you going to get a, like a real yeah. job where, <laughs> you know, like they just can't understand like why you would be doing this and stuff. And to be fair, like I do have a day job that also involves music and stuff. So I think they have now figured out, I book concerts in Philadelphia and oh. have for almost like 20 years. Like now. concerts, concerts or like I mean, shows? Uh, everything, you know, anything. Like you book like big shows too or like, mm-hmm. like, like what's a big artist you book? Well, um, I, I do, I kind of have two, two things. Like one is, um, this production company called R5, who's been doing shows in Philly for, since the nineties, um, that I now co-own with my friend Jeff, um, that does shows at this place called the first Unitarian church and like a bunch of other places. Um, and you know, everyone has played there. Like, I mean, basically like basically anyone you could like, like Grammy award winning art, you know, everyone. Um, and, uh, then we also, uh, me and a couple of my friends helped to run this concert hall called union transfer that books, you know, like same thing, like anyone that you can think of has probably played there. Um, but it's not that big. It's like 1200 cap or something, but that like, I have like, I get paid to do that. So I have the ability to kind of do whatever I want and with my bands, you know, so I don't, I don't have the financial imperative that I think a lot of people do where they have to, you know, maybe like sacrifice their integrity or like do tours that they wouldn't necessarily want to do or, you know, whatever, just because it'll pay the bills. Um, which, which, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of questions I want to ask mm-hmm. that, but, but what, to answer your question though, before you do, like uh, at some point my parents figured out that like, I wasn't destitute or like sleeping on the street and, yeah, they, were, yeah. and they were basically just like, okay, I guess you weren't a starving artist. I don't understand like how this works, but <laughs> like, I guess you know what you're doing. So, yeah. which is, and now I think they think it's really cool. And my dad works at a school, um, in Kensington in Philly. Well, he did until he retired this year actually, but in, in North Philly, he worked at the school and, uh, you know, it's gotten to the point where he's like the really old guy and like the young teachers like are fans of my bands. So he gets to be like, he gets to feel like cool, you oh, know, like he goes to work. He's just, you know, like someone will be like, you know, every so often there'll be an anecdote like, Oh, the guy was wearing your shirt at school. And I got to be like, Hey, you know, like that's, that's my thing. Yeah. I, you know, I think that he gets a kick out of that. Maybe not so much cause he thinks it's actually cool, but because it makes him think that he like is happening or something, <laughs> yeah. which, you know, the older you get, the harder that is. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, you were going to, um, do you think being straight edge or being, just, I guess, I don't know, like open-minded or just being someone who like is always constantly like, I don't know, likes all this stuff and, mm-hmm. and straight edge and is on a, I guess not a, cause based on the, the, the bus interview, you're not a mm-hmm. party, you're not a party person. Well, you are, but you're not I'll, like, I'll go out, yeah, but, yeah. but I'm not, I'm not going out for the reason of like getting fucked up. Uh, yeah. Like you're a successful straight edge person, I guess. So that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, like and, and I was talking to, um, Adam from going underground mm-hmm. and he said kind of like it's like would you say like those things like being straight edge being open-minded being part of punk being part of hardcore like all these you know things that involve hard work ethic led you to be to have the, I guess quote unquote the success you had 
Well, maybe. Or do you think like if you would have never gotten to punk and being a normal like person, you would still would have just been as successful or as like busy or as? I don't know because I'll say this like you know when I graduated high school, I immediately I was like I I've worked like my whole life. Like I got my first job when I was eight. Um, what was your first job? I worked at a like selling Christmas ornaments at like a pop-up like holiday fair. That's crazy. Yeah. Trend. And then I had a paper route for like, I don't know, however long, like as a little, that's like a job you get when you're 10, you know, yeah. like throwing papers on fucking people's things. And then I, I started working, I was really into computers when I was a kid. Um, the timing of my youth was like every, it was like when I was a kid, no one had a computer. Oh. Like they, it wasn't a thing yet really. And then when I was like 12 or 13, that's like when everyone started buying home computers. And so I got really into computers and all that stuff. It was kind of before like the internet really, but like there was like America online and stuff. But anyway, I was really into them and I, so I got a job like working at a computer store when I was 14. Um, and then like, I was like a technician, like a, you know, I was like 14. a little kid. Yeah. But what I was gonna say was like, so I've, I've worked like my whole life, um, like making my own money and stuff. And you know, like that's part of the reason why I, my record collection looks the way it does. Cause like I had money, you know, like, <laughs> okay. I, and, and I was straight edge. Cause like I didn't spend money on beer or cigarettes or anything. So I only spent money on records. Um, which is, which in retrospect was really cool. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, but anyway, like, yeah, the, um, what I was going to say was like when I graduated high school, I was, I was really good at computers and stuff. And so I went to college for computer shit, you know, and then like instantly kind of realized that like, just cause you're good at something doesn't mean you like doing it. Uh-huh. And so I, I dropped out like within a year or two, um, and just like started doing whatever I could, um, that connected to music at the time, you know, like working shows, loading in, you know, like whatever, sweeping up at the end of the night, you know, I just wanted to be at, at gigs or go on tour, you know, book shows, whatever. And, you know, for a long time, it was like, you know, pretty sketchy to try and make, (laughs) make your rent and stuff, even though Philly had at the time really famously cheap rent, you know? Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I think my, my takeaway from that was like, that I, I don't know that I actually would be able to just like sit in a cubicle somewhere, like if it was doing something that I really hated, which I think maybe connects back to being a really young person where, you know, I just, I hated, like I was good at school, but I fucking hated it, you know? Yeah. And I hated doing anything that like I didn't want to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't, I'm not really sure. I, I don't, I don't know how good I would be at just doing something. You know, I, Having said that, though, I, I, I do, you know, see the value in just, like, regular work, like, labor, you know. I think sometimes I do fantasize about having, like, some kind of job that I work 40 hours and just can turn off when I leave. Because huh. for the things I do now, it's, like, it's... The hitch up randomly. Yeah, it's, like, all day, every day, forever, like, for the rest of my life, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's nice because I pretty much work with, like, all my friends and the music I make is only with my friends and it's only stuff that I'm interested in or I'm excited by or, you know, whatever. So in that sense, I, I do have it really good. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that answers your question or not. Is there a, 
is there is, is there a like working I guess quote unquote music industry or like the left mm-hmm. does it turn you off to sometimes like where it's like yeah. yo I love that artist but like that mm-hmm. fucking artist was a piece of shit when it, you know when like so and so when it, you know when when it came to that like I feel like this, yeah it happened yeah of course uh, although I would say more often it's the opposite like more often you're like wow like these people are great oh. You know? Yeah, because I think, you know... Like that band actually sucks, but then you're like, oh, the people are the same. Yeah, or just, you know, you, you get a newfound appreciation for the way people do things or, you know... Like, there are people, of course, you come across who are deeply entitled and just, like, you know, just fucking babies who, you know, just, I don't know. What's the worst type of, like, what's the worst type of, like, music? Like, I guess where it has the worst type of artists. Or like you have to deal Ooh, that's with a, that's a really good question. Um, well, I will say like we pretty much we do we do a pretty limited like kind of like stuff like we don't really book a lot of stuff that we don't also like. Um, I will say that there was a a period where I wasn't responsible for this, but like that period of kind of when the Warp Tour was sort of in its death throes and there were those like crab core bands and the you know flat iron fucking haircut uh, like scene bands is that is that a thing pretty much all those people were fucking horrible really yeah the ones that we that we dealt and they were horrible bands like everything about them was just like just awful like they had nothing to do with like punk or they were the modern version of glam bands Yes, like they, they, yes. went, they went based off a look and a sound, mm-hmm. and if they did it right, they got. Beat. That's exactly what it was. No, yeah, I, I was like, I was, I was on. I, I've been on this like, uh, word like, like I, I've said this many times. I have a, I have an obsession with like glam bands that like fell down. Mm-hmm. That like later you like, like look at stories of like, like they were like you know the grunge hit and then like the record deal fell off and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. So I had this thing with like, with like scene bands. Yeah, like I was looking at that band Metro Station. I was looking at that band, uh, what's that, uh, Boys Like Girls, mm-hmm. The Cab, like, Forever the Sickest Kids. Like, yeah, like, it's funny because I don't really remember what any of that stuff is because to me it's all just like one thing. You were into hardcore, you were like, you because you guys were like, I guess technically, like, when like, like Pain and Black, I'm guessing, was around, like, obviously those bands were around, you know what I mean? Like, we were, and it's funny because we were both beneficiaries. Sorry, that's my dog. Yeah, she yeah. just got picked up from, from daycare. She's very friendly. She's What's her name? Groucho. Groucho? Yeah. Um, That's a beautiful dog. We, thank you. Uh, we were all kind of beneficiaries of a similar thing, which was the end of something. Like, like Painted Black was like, we had shirts in Hot Topic, and we were in like... Really? Amer- we were in Alternative Press Magazine, and like, and like, you know, we were in Tony Hawk Pro Skater and stuff. Like, But that was more just by nature of a certain... Like, we were on the real fringes of it, you know? But, like, there was so much, like, business to be done at that time that somehow, you know, we got, like, caught up in some of that stuff or whatever. And um, and so, luckily, it all ended for, for all of us. And a lot of those bands... Um, a lot of those bands, like, went away. I don't even... Like, I can't imagine what those people are doing now. Especially because a lot of them were, like, 18 with, like, full face tattoos and, like crazy piercings um, but, well, yeah, but like, they were all yeah. but they were all making like $200 a show and they had techs and crew and like, like I'm like to me I just 
I was old enough at the time to see that and just be like, this is such a scam. Like, like these bands are being taken advantage of by yeah. their, their labels and their managers. And like, I mean, that, again, like that was, that was also at a time where like bands didn't have managers, you know, like they didn't have like those kinds of deals. So it was like pretty wild to be doing a show at the first Unitarian church where, you know, six of these bands would pull up all in buses, oh, yeah. all with like full crews and like, their approach to it was just like totally alien from what any of us were in it for. Um, and then you saw, like we'd be paying them at the end of the night and they'd be like, here's your $200. Like, like how does that work? And you would just realize that they're all just, you know, kind of being taken for a ride. But, um, so on, on one hand they feel bad for them, but on the other hand, they were like the biggest fucking assholes. Like, you know, oh, a lot of people, they're just jocks really. Like, you yeah. Know. I, yeah. They were there. I'm mean, cause it was like, scene music like emo music mm -hmm. and there was like crap core and mm -hmm. there was like metal core mm -hmm. and then there was straight up like crunk core and crunk core was like, that like just like straight up almost like borderline like imagine like shitty rap music mm -hmm. with like people dressed in scene yeah well it's funny too because i mean like in a certain way like i think history has sort of indicated a lot of that stuff because the musical dna from all of that, I think has really seeped into just like mainstream music and stuff like rap and all that's like a lot of stuff is musically pretty similar to you know, yeah, I mean, like pop radio now. SoundCloud rap like then happened and then everybody mm -hmm. got a FaceTime, made a sad song, totally. And then, yeah, yeah, so it's, I mean, I don't know, maybe the joke's on me, but the, like those people are bad, but I think you know, anyone who's you know, I think like I said, more often than not, you're surprised at how cool people are or like how much you have in common with them, you know, because, you know, if you're out there playing a hundred or 200 shows a year, you have to kind of, you know, I don't think it's possible to really have, I mean, for a lot of people, not a lot, but there are people that have horrible egos and stuff who are famous and all that stuff. But I think I just don't see how it can, how you can maintain it for a really long time. You know, and be successful. And be, yeah. I mean, unless you're probably like Taylor Swift or like, you mean Justin Bieber fell off? Yeah. Well, he doesn't really do anything anymore, right? He's just. I mean, he, he tried to release like that single, and then yeah. everything happened where like he, he told his fans like leave the music playing as it's like as he's <laughs> as they're sleeping so he could get more streams. Yeah. I mean, yeah, even Justin Bieber fell off. The only I think artist has never fallen off is Taylor Swift. Yeah, yeah, but she's like not even like a. That's like a different thing. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that that to me is. But like, as, like even like you could be the biggest artist in the world. Mm -hmm. Every, even the biggest artist in the world eventually have their downfalls. Yeah, and I think that's part of uh, that's that's something that I think again, like coming out of DIY and punk, like in you know again, like, like I'm I came of age in the '90s when like Fugazi was still around and like you did know, you see Fugazi? I did. That's yeah, crazy. Three times, yeah. What what's another crazy rain song? I don't know. Ask me something. Did you see Warzone? Who? Warzone? I didn't go see Warzone. I could have seen Warzone a lot, but I didn't really care about that stuff back then. Did you go see uh Did you see Death Threat? Like when Peace and Security came out? Uh yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. I saw both death threats, the, the one word one and the two word one. <laughs> it was at the time it was like which one do you like more? And I liked the one the one word one more. Um, but I did see the yeah. Well, some of the craziest shows, like like maybe you know, like the man, but just like this is fucking insane. Or did you see like mainstream bands? Like you saw Rage Against the Machine ever? Like no, I never saw that. I was weird. Like it's funny. Beth and I were talking about this the other day. Like I didn't want 
to go to concerts like that. And when I was a kid, and even I, rage, like even bands like that. I mean, I liked them, but it just it wasn't like the experience of going to a concert like that just wasn't appealing to me until a lot later. Like I was like, why would I want to go to an arena? You know, I, I still hate concerts. Like, yeah, I, I, like it, like yeah, I get you, I get you. I mean, like I bought those records when they came out and stuff, and I liked them, but it just seemed like a different universe yeah. to me. Like for 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 years, like the biggest show I ever went to was like a thousand people, and I don't think I went to an a show bigger than that until I was like in my 20s or something. So in retrospect, I'm like, like I could have seen Nirvana and like I could have seen REM and I could have seen like, like basically any, you know, any one of those bands that you mentioned. Like um, I saw Hole, I saw Foo Fighters like on their like first, like stuff like that. But, um, but those bands played the same place Fugazi played, you know? So it was like, they were like, Fugazi was so big that like they were playing the same room that like the Foo Fighters and I didn't know Fugazi was that big. Yeah, they did like they would do like three or four. Th- when they played LA, they would do like multiple nights at the Palladium, like two or three nights. I knew they were big, but I didn't know they were that big. Yeah, well, their shows were five bucks, and you would just everyone went, even if you didn't like them. You know, that was oh, kind okay. of a deal. Um, but yeah, it's like they were. Yeah, they were they were amazing. Obviously, I'm a huge huge fan of all that stuff. But I never really went to big stuff until later, and now I'm like. Man, I missed so much cool shit, you know. Yeah. Like I just just because I was like, oh, that's a big rock concert. Fuck that. Like I remember one one night, I did see Oasis, but I I remember one time there was a show that was Foo Fighters, Oasis, Beck, and I think Moby played first or something. Which I don't give a fuck about Moby, but like Moby the vegan guy. Yeah, yeah. He oh, I didn't know he was like that active. That or it was in like ninety. I don't know. The vegan, right? Like, I'm a big, yeah. Oh, that's fucking crazy. Clown. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but uh, but yeah, it was like it was like Beck, Foo Fighters, Oasis, and then I was like on my way to go to the show, and I was like, ah, let's go to the church and see like this like screamo band instead, like this 400 years this band. We went to see them, and instead I was just like, man, like what was wrong with me? Like I couldn't, you know, I passed up on so much shit like that. Were they like was like shows back then? Clearly, like, for example, you go see Tsunami, it's 20 bucks, mm-hmm. and, like, if you try to go see White Reaper, is yeah. like, clearly, like, 50, 60, mm-hmm. like, was, like, were shows back then even clearly, like, a huge difference, or were, like, the, kind of the same price? Uh, I mean, things were way cheaper back then across the board. I, I, I don't, I don't so know. So, like, a hardcore show would be how much? Like, five, five bucks? Yeah. And how much would it be, like, Oasis and that, like? 20 probably maybe 15 yeah I would have yeah you missed out I think he was like I know I mean it just it wasn't even like it wasn't even a matter of like the price it was just like like I remember like I didn't go I loved the Smashing Pumpkins when they were around and I just like never went to see they played all the time and I just like never went because I just thought it was like to me it was just like oh that's like a rock concert I don't I don't care you know I don't I'm into like Punk shit. Which, I, think, I think the same thing as like the rock concerts, but also like the price. So I'm like, so I'm like, eh, like the price well, is like it's like, way crazier now. Yeah, yeah. In, in in every way. I mean, you know, like a big hardcore show could be thirty five bucks, just like a reg- true, yeah. just a regular show. Um, and you know, we went to like I went to see Neil Young a week or two ago, and it was you know one hundred fifty bucks. We went to see The Cure. One hundred fifty bucks for Neil Young. Probably, maybe more. That's, yeah. a, that's a lot. I mean, I'm paying the same price for two days of Sunday period. Yeah, but like, I mean, you know, that's, that's not, that's like a, it's a different thing. It's a pretty good deal, like, con- you know, for considering all the, all the stuff nowadays, like, 
and see the cure and it was probably 200 you know so it's like it's and and they left a ton of money on the table so it's it's like i mean it's crazy but yeah back then the other thing that i'll say i mean not again like not to digress about like what it was like back then but like you would just buy tickets to things at like the record store like and, uh, and I don't remember a show like ever selling out either you know back like, then no not really like I remember one time I went to see there was this place in Philly that's not there anymore called the Trocadero and like that was like the place where big shows were so like but even like so it would be like I saw like Beck there and I saw um, I'm trying to think of who else like I don't know everyone played there in the 90s like any band that you can think of played there um and i remember one time going to see bjork like when bjork first came out and it was like and i remember taking the train down and stuff and then getting to the show and then being like oh it's sold out and i was like what <laughs> i was like uh, i never in my life it wasn't common it was so uncommon yeah it was just like not a thing like you would just go to the show with 10 bucks and get in like no matter what which means and you know in retrospect like all the shows that in my head were like packed and crazy like probably actually weren't you know uh, okay. but uh but yeah it was it was it was really it was weird but yeah you just go to the record store and they would have like the list of shows and you just like buy a ticket at the record store and go go it felt way more easier than having to like tickets are online and then you're like i feel like fuck i'm not buying no ticket online i know and yeah I, I, I'm, I'm i'm kind of against buying tickets online like in my head, like not, not as like a social thing, but in my head, I'm like, it's a hardcore show. I'm not buying a ticket online. And then I'm later, I'm like, who has a ticket for itself? It's just like, <laughs> but like, it's still a thing where it's like, or like, can someone get me? But it's like, I'm so against the idea of like, I don't want to buy. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, how come? Like, why? Why not? It's just like it's a hardcore show. Like, not 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 that I'm downgrading hardcore anything, mm -hmm. but just like, it's a fucking hardcore show. Like, yeah. I feel like that's the excitement of it. Like, get to the gig, mm -hmm. and then just get to the gig however, however you can and pay and just get in you know what I mean it's like yeah. I hate the idea of like pre-sale tickets going, I'm like it's like this band like this band's talking about fuck the cops and like mm -hmm. don't get don't get right off that that matters but it's like it's this is the type of music mm -hmm. you know what I mean like it's like fuck the police fuck totally you know like it's like we're gonna go mosh it's like why should, why, why should I go on, why should I literally go beforehand to just go mosh yeah you know what well, I mean no totally and I I think that you hit on a very interesting thing that I I am constantly thinking about which is that um, you know the scale of especially like things that are supposed to be underground or like in theory like are supposed to be yeah. counterculture or underground um, you know uh, if they are really meant to be like I don't want to say like a threat to the status quo but like yeah. the kind of thing that might influence the way someone thinks for, yeah. for the better um, it shouldn't it should maybe be a little hard to know about you know like there, there should be some barrier for entry yeah. I think and um, and so uh, yeah things like certain kinds of over documentation or over publicity or whatever like I think are potentially problematic you know like you don't you know like for a while in Philly I don't know what it's like in LA these days but you know the whole thing of like ask a punk where the show is like I loved that I, yeah, thought, that was, I thought that was great because it was like you know anyone who is in the scene like knows like if you're like oh it's at this place don't post the address anywhere if you know then it's fine you know that's like it's part of the it's part of the uh, I don't want to say brotherhood because you'll get involved gender, that but way. like but it's like it does keep you know pigs from being able to like search a fucking address and then show up and shut it down or like any number of other things 
that could be problematic. Um, and also, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, engaged in any kind of like radical speech or something like that, like maybe you don't want that recorded and put on, you know, like whatever, like there are certain things that you might want to say about the cops or like politicians or like anything like that, that you wouldn't want easily searchable, like on the, you know, but that shit's important, you know, like people need to have, people need to get together and, you know, um, talk about stuff like that. Um, and also like, just, you know, like if you're fucking interviewing for a job and like, like I, luckily for me, like I'm never gonna have to be at a job interview at a corporation and say, you know, someone pull up, pull my fucking file off the internet and be like, so why do you want to burn the American flag? But like, I I never thought about it to that extent. I do. I never know. And that's like the, any employer now is going to just like search you automatically and just see like and you're going to have this whole trail of stuff behind you. So I do think that like, there is something that's a thing I'd like to see people think about a little more these days in terms of like, I mean, it's great that, you know, things can get bigger and and involve more people and stuff. But like, I do think on some level it is, you know, to your point about like, you know, you shouldn't have to buy an (laughs) advanced ticket to go mosh or whatever. Like I do think, uh, I do think there's something to that, like just in terms of like keeping it, um, you know, something that is, uh, has something in common with like, you know, where the music came from, where the culture came from and stuff like that. But, um, I mean, that's probably a whole, that's a whole other can of worms, but, um, but yeah, I, 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 I know what you're saying. And like it, you know, back when I first started going to shows, the idea of like having to like be online at 10 AM, um, to buy a ticket to like a punk show, just like that, that's fucking crazy, you know. Like that would be that would be the craziest thing of all time. It's fucking. Uh, I mean, I like, also think also that like the shows that I've been to in my life, even recently, that are the craziest, are ones where people had to like wait in line all day to get in or something. Like I don't know if you did you go to that Infest reunion that was in LA, like the first one. No, I, I, I uh, like how did I say it? Like. Uh-huh. What, what year was that? Like, I don't know. It was a while ago. Yeah, like, yeah, like, it it might have been a little before. Probably like an elementary. Episode. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, but I remember that show was like, there were no tickets. They were just like, we're playing tomorrow. And people just like, got in line. And yeah. it was like, you know, 500 insane people who were willing to stand in line all day. And the show was legendary. And we played a ceremony, played a show with Rocket from the Crypt and Suicidal Tendencies in San Francisco, like, I don't know, probably like eight so years ago or something. Lineup. Crazy lineup really fun show but it was and it was free and the only way you could go is by just waiting in line it was like I don't know someone like it was probably Vans or Converse paid for it something like that and so the line was like just like a thousand suicidal fans like all just like baked in the sun for two days just like but the show was insane like because it was the craziest people were it was you know it wasn't the first 700 people who clicked buy tickets in the audience it was like the thousand people who were the most excited about the show inside I think that's true sometimes when we're on tour and we play a show somewhere random like in the middle of the country and it's like two hours driving from a bunch of places but it's not maybe like somewhere it's not a major city Yeah, yeah and so the show ends up being like all the craziest people who are all willing to go two hours to get there, and that's the sh- that's the show that's like okay, yeah, that's I the get best. It, yeah. and that's I think also kind of why like like not to keep talking about Sound and Fury, but like why that's always so great is because like so many people come from so far to like, and they're really they're so excited to be there, and it's you know it's not it's not lazy at all or you know whatever it's it's uh, 
it's all the like dedication. The people are like the most stoked that are there. So, and there is something about like buying tickets online in advance that cuts down on that a little bit. That's, that's why like it's crazy to say about that, but like going to other other small towns, just because like I like when Angel just played LA, mm-hmm. I didn't go to LA. I went to Pioneer Town. Oh really? Yeah, because I'm like I don't want to see Angel Dust in LA. I want to see Angel Dust in at Pappy's. Yeah, where I never I never even heard of the place or don't know what this town is called. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I just search it up on Google Maps. It's like two hours away. Mm-hmm. Like, I try to do that as much as possible, or like. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Or, like, mm-hmm. if a band's playing, like, Midnight Hour, and, like, maybe, like, somewhere I'm, like, I'm going to go see them at Midnight Hour because people are not going to... People want to see them in LA and I'm the best. Or stuff like that. Totally. Like, but, yeah, but I guess... I know, uh, I like, so Negative Approach just played a show somewhere random, too. They played LA in Bakersfield. Bakersfield. Yeah. yeah. I heard it was insane. Yeah. But, I mean, Bakersfield does have a lot of, like, punks. Like, a lot of, like, ride or die punks. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. like, like... But yeah, I get, I get like I, I yeah I get I get exactly what yeah, you're yeah, yeah. I'd rather see this band uh, where like I know no one's gonna be there. I hope like, sometimes I hope no one's gonna be there because I'm like like when Madball played them in that hour, mm-hmm. like I guess it was another show that all my homies were there, so it was just me like moshing and two other kids to Madball. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, and it was just like this is the best. Like I, and actually, I, I, it sucked for the band, but yeah, like, but for me, I was like this is the time of my life. It's like I'm moshing to set it off mm-hmm. with like no, you know what I mean? It's like I don't have to worry about no one hitting me. <laughs> yeah. I don't have yeah, to worry yeah. about no one. Like I'm just like I'm, just, I'm like windmilling all I want. You know what I mean? It's like, but it's something where it's like I I, I still look for that. You know what yeah. Like, where it's like I don't like. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm tired of pack shows. It is, it is funny, like, I, I have a lot of memories of shows like that where, like, I drove, like, there was, uh, Philadelphia is pretty close to Lancaster, which is, like, where all the Amish people live, like, the Pennsylvania Dutch, but they, there was, like, a club there and stuff, and so every so often there would be a show in Lancaster, um, and I would, it's, it was, like, an hour from my parents' house or something, um, and once I had access to a car, I didn't have a license until I was, like, pretty old, but, um, How old were you? I gotta know because I don't have a license. Too. Eighteen or nineteen? Okay, never mind. That was. I, I'm twenty. I don't have a license. But do you need one? Not really. But <laughs> I mean, like I, I didn't care about that for a long time because, like, you know, in Philly, it was like just I just took the train, you know. Yeah. And I, you know, I only bought a car for the first time in my life, like when I moved to LA. Oh, okay. So like I was. 39 or something before I owned a car ever. Oh, okay. Because I just, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a believer in public transportation, you know. Sick. Um, but, uh, but I remember driving to Lancaster to see, like, bands that I really loved. And in retrospect, I'm sure those shows sucked for them. Yeah. Like, they were, like, oh, okay. horrible shows for them. But for me, I loved it. Because I was just like, man, I'm seeing, you know, whoever to nobody. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> um, do, you, do you, is there anything else? I, I have a little more time, but... No, no we, uh, we've gone pretty long. Yeah, yeah, what time? How long has it been going? It's one eighteen. Okay, yeah, yeah. definitely people are going to be like by yeah, the time we're like. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Feel free to edit this down yeah, however, yeah. You, however you want. Uh, um, yeah. Is there anything you want to end with, or um, what's the future hold for you? What's next for you? Um, you I, I mean, you're, you're 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 for context for what the question. You're 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 forty two. Mm-hmm. You're healthy. I am. You got it. You're in a you're in, in great bands. Thank you. You got a comfortable life. Mm-hmm. You've. I, I want to say just from from interviewing today, you've reached some sort of peace, some <laughs> inner peace. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. Like, well, moving to moving to California really helped with that. <laughs> uh, what is it, that hoax line is like I'm moving to the West to die a free man. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I I heard some of your interview with Jesse and uh, that was crazy. That was I, I I wish I could redo it again. Oh really? Just because like he was like like like. 
Like I never seen Hulk Slash, so I saw mm-hmm. videos until I met him. I'm like, oh, I get it now. Like, like I, I you can only see videos of him being crazy, mm-hmm. but when you meet him, I'm like, like that's you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know what I, mean? I never like that's the worst part. I never saw Hulk. So I feel like I didn't have the like inner butterflies as much as I should have. Yeah, for, like you know what I mean? I seen Command, and I was even interested when I saw mm-hmm. Command. But I, I saw. I actually, it's funny because like I had, I probably shouldn't out myself like this, but like I, uh, I didn't really care about Hoax when they first started I had never seen them but I just like did just didn't pay attention you know like I, I I just like they had the demo there was a demo right yeah, there yeah. was a demo in a 7 inch and this is this is me this is a mea culpa like I was fucking stupid for not paying attention but like I was just I kind of filed them alongside a lot of other like black and white you know record cover okay, and stuff yeah. that was happening at the time and most of that stuff was really bad so I was just like who cares and then I booked a show in Philly for Soul Swallower and I want to say maybe like either Scapegoat or Mind Eraser, some, something like that. But Hoax played too. Like they were like, oh, Hoax is also playing. And I was like, I was like, oh, I'll go to, and the, you know, no one went to the, it was in a basement. There was like, you know, 20 people there or something like that. And I was like, oh, I guess I'll look at Hoax. And from like the first second they played, and there was like not really that many people there. I was like, oh, this is like the best. I haven't seen anything like this in like 10 years and I don't think I've seen anything like it since I wish um, I wish I could have seen it and people people really quickly responded you know like they they, they became a band just based on their, their reputation for being like a you know one of a kind live act um, you know they always they always did really well when I saw them Ceremony played with them once or twice um and uh, and we got along with all those guys really well. And I, Jesse is such like an interesting and smart like Fair, you know, one of the nicest persons. He really is, yeah. And I mean, that, you know, that was that was the funny thing is because you know, like we ended up hanging at that first show, and um, and you know, he he was like terrifying on stage, you know, oh, yeah. um, in this like you know basement with all the lights on. It wasn't even like vibey or anything. It was yeah. just like so they were so intense. And uh, and then was the you know just like the nicest sweetest you know guy ever and uh, and now yeah I, I see him every so often and we live in the same city now which is nice and um, yeah he's just such an interesting guy you could probably do like ten hours of interviews with him yeah um, there's a B side I was talking politics that I probably won't release not oh, really? not as bad it's just like I can't imagine anybody being like yeah I want to see what Jesse Ramos thinks about like housing gentrification yeah, yeah yeah it's really I mean I I think that's super like I I was so I ran into him at the Academy Museum um, at this like film screening a couple, like a year or two ago, and he was telling me all about getting into the tenants union stuff. And I was like, wow! I was like so impressed. Like, yeah, was, like, you I don't have like, to. You're not. You know, you know what I mean? Like you don't. Like you don't have to at all. And he's still doing it. You know what I mean? Like just it's his, important work, though. I mean, it's no, no, like, like that, yeah, that's, like that's, it's it's very like cool that he's it's a volunteer. It's coming yeah, from him. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a he's a really um, great guy. But yeah, I'm, I'm not to interrupt again. But yeah, it was it was uh, moving to L.A sort of felt like moving to a retirement community for people like me in a certain way. Like I go to yoga and I'm healthier and I'm get, cause I moved from New York where I'd go out every night till like 4am and just like oh, okay. all this stuff. And, um, you know, it's, it was, it's fun in New York, but I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's nice to be where I am now. And, and yeah. And so to answer your question, what was future hold, um, painted black has a record coming out this year. Open city has a record coming out this year. Um, the Open City one gets announced next week, I think, actually. Um, 
Paint Black one hasn't been announced yet, but like everyone knows it's coming, so <laughs> I feel like I can talk about it. But uh, both of them are like a Does really. Because it was supposed to come out last year. Paint it black? Yeah. Or am I? Well, we recorded it last year, and it's been just really slow getting everything together. Okay. Like we, you know, we we move at our own pace. <laughs> so, um, so, but it, it it's totally done, and 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 test presses are on their way, so it'll be out before the end of the year. And the Open City record, I'm so happy with how it came out. It's it's head and shoulders above the the first one, and it's really cool. And actually, to connect it to Fugazi, the the guy who did the Fugazi movie. And all their record covers did the record cover for it. So, which, which like I don't think any, I don't. He hasn't really done any other bands besides like REM and like I think he did some Vic Chestnut records. So, um, Jem Cohen, who who did Instrument the Fugazi movie, did the artwork for the Open City record, which I I can't believe. That's full circle moment. <laughs> it is. It really is. So um, so yeah. Uh, hopefully, maybe people check that stuff out and. Maybe next year they'll see Ceremony, new record, new whatever. We'll see. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. You never know. We'll see. <laughs> um, right. But thanks so much for, for making it out here and taking uh-huh. the time. Thank you for, uh, for letting me into your, this really nice, nice home. Oh, it's, it's okay. <laughs> really? I was like, I was like. like, like but uh, we, when we moved here, we, we looked at like, this place is actually like cheap. And I looked at probably like 50 places when we moved out here, and this was the cheapest one, so... That's saying something for where we're at. I don't wanna I don't wanna give out where you're at, but where we're at, it's like I was like, eh. I was like, I was like, damn, I was like, but uh, Well uh, yeah, and I'm glad you got to meet my dog too. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, thank you everybody right. for listening. Yeah.